This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Now, first off, before we dive into the plentiful amount of topics that we've got to get into today, I want to say shout out to my Houstonians. I hope you're okay. I hope the storm didn't affect you too much. It didn't look like it was as severe as we all thought it might be. But to be fair, the same thing happened with Harvey. And we know how that kind of turned out. So uh, I I lost power for a little bit, but nothing major on my end. So I hope the same for you. But with that, um, didn't really seem like it was too, uh, too impactful to a lot of people. But yeah, back home, safe and sound now. So... With that, let's get into all this news that hit on a Tuesday for the Rockets. So many things, so many moving parts, so many things going on. And the biggest one, the, the one that got the ball rolling, is the report that John Wall is planning to sit out this upcoming season, planning to still be with the Rockets for training camp, planning to still attend games and kind of still be that veteran leadership, mentorship role, but not actually take up real reps, real game minutes on the floor. And so I want to go like, I need to go back through the proper like timeline of events on this. So we get the original report from Shams saying that John Wall and the Houston Rockets meet and mutually agree to part together to, sorry, to work together on finding a new home for the five-time all-star guard plan is for Wall to be present at training camp, but not play in Rockets games this season. And then we get all the building reports on top of this that are basically all using some level of the same language reporting all of that, which is essentially John Wall didn't want a bench role. The Rockets are focused on the youth movement and John didn't want to come off the bench in, you know, to back up Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. So they basically mutually decided, John Wall and the Houston Rockets, that it makes the most sense for him to sit out to preserve his health, and they will actively look for a potential suitor for him as this season progresses. Not only that, there are no talks of a buyout currently because neither side is, John's not willing to give up money and the Rockets don't want to buy him out of his contract yet. So basically they're kind of at a stalemate where... Things are not moving. I mean, there's there's very few trade partners out there, if any, for John Wall's sizable, almost $45 million contract and where he is at in this stage of his career. And we're going to dive into some of those potential uh, hypotheticals coming up in just a moment. But kind of what this means, you know, the, the, the immediate takeaways right on the surface from this, one it means that we do get a traditional, a proper starting lineup for this upcoming season, which in my head is going to likely now be Kevin Porter Jr. at the point guard spot. He is running, he is the full-time point guard of the Houston Rockets now, right? You got the tweet from KPJ saying, I'm I'm a point guard, right? You've got people 
you know, there are people on social media trying to, you know, put a little concern out there. Like, what are the Rockets doing? They don't have a point guard. Yes, they do. It's Kevin Porter Jr. He is the point guard, the lead guard, whatever terminology you want to use of the future for the Houston Rockets. And now you get him and Jalen Green as the backcourt duo that was supposed to be that unfortunately with John Wall, you know, kind of in the wings was kind of throwing a little bit of a wrench into that uh, backcourt of the future for the Rockets. So now you get those two guys starting the backcourt, a proper starting backcourt, which means that I think the rest of the lineup is going to be Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice. So now the Rockets aren't going to be forced with an awkward decision between Jay Sean Tate and Daniel Tice as to who gets the final starting spot. And they get more of a legitimate roster, you know, rather than having to run out a three guard set to start the game and then do some weird, you know, early substitutions to, you know, sit wall or sit KPJ or whatever they might have to do to balance that three guard lineup. So now the starting lineup, KPJ, Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice, you don't have nearly as many uh, defensive inefficiencies in this lineup. You get Jay Sean Tate, who's a plus defender. Daniel Tice, who's a plus defender. Christian Wood, who showed flashes as a plus defender and a great weak side shot blocker. A lot of size, a lot of switchability. Really like this moving forward for the Houston Rockets. And then not only that, kind of opens some things up for the rest of the rotation, which we're going to get into in just a little bit. But my other takeaway from this, it just immediate right off the top, right? How much like John Wall is just a consummate professional, right? Ever since stepping foot into Houston, one, he stepped foot into Houston. And he had to deal with immediately the, the cloud of like the James Harden saga, uh, just looming over the franchise. What's going to happen? Does he want out? Is he going to buy in? You know, is he going to get traded? All this mess, right? Doesn't report to training camp, all this stuff drops, uh, drops the iconic line that we, you know, hold on to, uh, so dearly to this day, the, uh, you know, we had people who didn't want to be here after they dealt James Harden, all, all this stuff. Right. But he at no point did, you know, he could have sulked. He could have been upset about the cars that he was dealt. Instead, he showed up, did his job, worked hard. Yeah. Maybe you can point to the fact that he was, you know, a little ball dominant at times and worried more so about getting his or, or icing out, freezing out Christian Wood at times last season. And I think those are legitimate, you know, points to bring up. Sure. But ultimately, John Wall played his role. He came into a, you know, an, a suboptimal situation and was an absolute professional start to finish. And it seems that he's going to continue to be that way because he could very easily sit there and be like, nah, I need you guys to buy me out right now or I'm demanding a trade and I only want to go to these teams, right? He could be belligerent. He could cause issues. He could go hit up, uh, you know, a strip club or a club in Vegas and not report to training camp, right, and, and be demanding a trade on the DL to the Brooklyn Nets. There are a lot of different things that John Wall could be doing right now that could uh, be seen as unfavorable and, you know, frustrating to the Rockets organization as to try and facilitate a trade for him. But instead, he's working with the organization. They are on mutual terms about him not playing. And he's still going to be around for training camp and around the Rockets youth to try and instill some of that veteran leadership in them. What more can you ask for? I mean, and, and ultimately, if the Rockets and Tillman Fertitta are willing to allow John Wall to sit out with his almost $45 million salary this season and basically be the most expensive assistant coach in NBA history, I'm all for it because it allows the rotation to be a proper rotation. You don't have to shoehorn John Wall in there. He's not going to be taking away reps from the young guys, all this different stuff, right? So many benefits to this direction that this 
chapter has taken with John Wall as a Houston Rocket. And ultimately, I hope they do find a home for him, right? Because John Wall still got juice left in the tank. He absolutely does. And he can still contribute to winning basketball. It's the price tag of almost $45 million that is a little bit hard to stomach, right? If you were talking about this version of John Wall on like a $20 million contract, a $15 million contract, uh, you know, the MLE, teams would be chomping at the bit to bring him on board. It's the $45 million price tag that is a little bit hard to stomach. And we're going to talk about teams that may or may not be interested in bringing him into the fold at that dollar value, what this whole chapter is going to look like, whether it's going to be a buyout, whether it's going to be a trade, all that good stuff. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Direct TV. Because look, does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the games. You got another that's going to let you stream your favorite shows. Then you're watching sports highlights on your phone. You're on Twitter. You're scrolling through. And you've got your best friend's neighbor's login for all the other good stuff that you're missing out on, right? Let me tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. That's going to be Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, the absolute icing on the cake, right? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Continuing our John Wall discussion because, look, I was firmly you know, in the camp of thinking, okay, Wall is likely to play out his contract as a Houston Rocket or potentially, right, get to the point where he's at least going to opt into that final year and then maybe a buyout becomes possible for that final year of his deal because you're down to the one year. You know, maybe he's willing to give some money back. Um, but I thought this season was going to be one more kind of awkward season of Wall, you know, starting, playing some games, sitting out on back-to-backs and kind of hampering the development of the Rockets' youth. And thankfully, that is now, at least for the time being, it seems, not going to be an issue. John Wall is willing to sit on the sidelines, and that is huge for the development of the Rockets' young core, for Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green to start building chemistry and reps together as the backcourt of the future for the organization. So what does that mean for John Wall, though? He's playing ball, because, or I guess technically he's not playing ball, because the Rockets are playing ball with him, apparently, right, trying to find a potential destination for him. What happens if that turns out to be false, right? Like there are reports out of uh, Daniel Lerner from the Chronicle saying that the Rockets are not, you know, planning to use a first round pick to move John Wall's contract. They don't want to offload assets to get rid of his deal, which at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense if you're a rebuilding team to do that. Now, if Wall finds out that the Rockets aren't acting in good faith and trying to actually source deals, or there might be a deal out there that does cost a first round pick or two to offload his deal. Does his tone change? Does he suddenly act a little frustrated that they haven't pulled the trigger on said deal to get him to another set to a secondary location right now? I think that ultimately if as long as John wall is content to sit out, work on his body, continue, you know, being in, you know, trying to be in the best shape that he possibly can be in without risking injury, that kind of, that kind of thing. Having him sit out makes the most sense for him and for the Rockets, especially because his contract right now is still seen as a largely negative value. 
as we progress through the NBA season, as the Rockets are making payments on his contract, then maybe an NBA team will be more than more likely to, you know, jump on this deal halfway through the season when half the payments are made, right? Maybe somewhere around the trade deadline or potentially maybe an injury happens, right? The the NBA is largely unpredictable. So maybe an injury happens to a lead guard somewhere else and they really need to make a play to bring in a comparable replacement or a serviceable replacement as a starting caliber guard who has playoff experience and you know veteran leadership, all those different intangibles, right? That John Wall brings to the table, as well as the ability to still contribute to winning basketball. Again, all of it just has to do with being able to actually pony up that value of almost $45 million in a potential trade to bring John Wall into the fold. There are two teams that I kind of think remain interesting options for a potential John Wall trade. And that's going to be still the LA Clippers as well as the New Orleans Pelicans. And both of these teams, right? So the Clippers, you know, I, I think are a little bit less likely because they did retain Reggie Jackson and they've got, you know, they, they, a lot of people thought that once they dealt Beverly and, and Lou Williams that that, uh, that ship had possibly sailed for a potential John Wall trade, but they could actually still make the financials work if they were to include basically Eric Bledsoe, uh, Serge Ibaka, and then Luke Kennard. So that trio of guys, and then you'd essentially bring them in, hat tip to at Thug on Twitter, David Wiener, um, for coming up with this scenario, but they bring those guys in, and then they would essentially waive uh, Serge Ibaka and, uh, I apologize, why am I blanking on his name? I just said it two seconds ago. Where's my tab with my trades open? This is what I get for not having my tabs organized ever. There it goes. Eric Bledsoe and Serge Ibaka, they would just wave those guys immediately. Thus, you know, kind of creating open roster spots for those guys. And then they would hold on to Luke Kennard, who's the only one of that trio that has a longer term deal. And so basically you're kind of downsizing the John Wall contract to a more palatable amount of Luke Kennard's deal somewhere in that $20 million range, give or take. Um, and conceivably you could send out with John Wall, Daniel House Jr., who is a serviceable 3 and D wing presence that the Clippers would likely be interested in, as well as maybe including Kyrie Thomas as another sweetener on the deal. I know there's a lot of people waving and, and cutting and trading Kyrie Thomas all in Rockets Twitter and to the chagrin of other people in Rockets Twitter. Uh, but he's the easy one, right? Because the Rockets are currently rumored to be bringing back in Dante Exum into the fold and they don't have an open roster spot to do that with. So a lot of fingers keep getting pointed at Kyrie Thomas as the guy who's going to take the fall with his non-guaranteed deal. And we're still going to talk about Dante Exum here in just a moment. But that Clippers deal is... Still kind of interesting, right? Because they are likely, more than likely, without Kawhi Leonard this entire upcoming season. So can Paul George go on an MVP tear and drag the Clippers to the playoffs? And, you know, can can they be a solid team without Kawhi Leonard? Absolutely, they can. Do they have enough to truly compete at a high level with the other Western Conference elite without Kawhi Leonard? Not so sure about that one. And if you're talking about giving up Eric Bledsoe and Serge Ibaka and Luke Kennard to bring in two quality rotation players in John Wall and Daniel House Jr., then I feel like that's a decent trade-off for the Clippers and you know a trade-off that includes without the Rockets having to include a, a any 
any future draft capital, right? Because Kennard is not on a friendly contract whatsoever. Like he is, he should largely be viewed as a negative asset as well. And then Serge Ibaka and Eric Bledsoe, I mean, John Wall is a, bit, a substantial upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. It's the Serge Ibaka one that, you know, as he's navigating through his rehab, trying to get his body right, you know, are the Clippers really willing to part ways with him uh, on the off chance that John Wall and Daniel House Jr. provide more serviceable upgrades at other positions of need for them? The other trade that is kind of interesting is the New Orleans Pelicans because they missed out on the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes, right? And they are kind of between a rock and a hard place with Zion Williamson and his future with the Pelicans organization. And they desperately need to at least make the play in probably, right? They need to make the play in and prove to Zion and prove to Zion's camp that they're headed in the right direction, that they are, you know, progressing towards something more. Obviously this past season was kind of a, you know, they, they kind of biffed it big time with Stan Van Gundy and he did not get along with the players. The players didn't like him. It was kind of a gigantic mess. Now they're resetting with Willie green. They've made a few moves. They got rid of Lonzo, but they missed out on Kyle Lowry. Um, and they clearly wanted to bring in that veteran, you know, presence to really kind of help bolster their lineup and kind of be the guiding force for this younger core. And John Wall could be that guy. I mean, you know, he has a better fit there. The you know, the fit of John Wall alongside Zion is a little, little shaky. Um, but who knows, right? Maybe desperate times call for desperate measures. And for either of these two teams that we've mentioned, the Clippers or the Pelicans, right? Maybe they get halfway through the season, they get up up towards the trade deadline and they're thinking we got to do something we got to shake something up because we need to make a push for the playoffs and if we've got john wall just sitting in a cryo chamber break the glass on it and bust him out and say here's a you know a former all-star point guard who can still put up numbers and kind of lead your team and be the lead guard and the primary facilitator and play solid you know above nba above average nba defense all these different variables right then maybe they're interested and they could very easily package depending on the development of, you know, some of their other core, right? They have a, a somewhat of a package there between like Jonas Valanciunas and like Josh Hart. And who was the other one? Uh, Sadoransky, who they got from Chicago, who could potentially write pony up enough aggregated salary to pull in John Wall. And then I don't know if there'd still be enough there to pull in John Wall and Daniel House Jr. Um, potentially as, a, as again, a sweetener because throwing Daniel House Jr. as a sweetener into almost any John Wall trade makes a lot of sense because frankly, there's a lot of Rockets fans that are ready and willing to move on from Daniel House Jr. And again, Daniel House Jr. is a serviceable three and D wing for any team that is looking to make a playoff push um, can play make can put the ball on the floor. He just doesn't quite fit the timeline and the direction that this new age rockets are headed. So with all of that, those are kind of the two destinations. Do I think a trade is likely at this point? Not at all. Uh, you know, I think that right now they're kind of, under a mutual understanding that John Wall is just going to sit out, work on himself, make sure his body is in tip-top condition without the risk of him playing for the Rockets, trying to you know raise or potentially lower his trade value, and without running the risk of actually sustaining another injury, right, that could then delay or hamper his ability to be traded to another team. So I think right now they're just going to have Wall sitting out, and if a team is desperate enough to trade for him by the trade deadline, that's a possibility. But I really think they're going to revisit this conversation next offseason and discuss buyout options on his final year, the player option that he is likely to opt into, and then discuss buying out the remain, you know, a remaining portion of his final year of his contract so that he can then join another contender, be it one of the LAs, be it 
Boston, New York, wherever, you know, wherever he wants to go, Miami, maybe, I don't know, wherever makes sense for John Wall to go. I think that's probably the likely timeline of events that we're looking at. But coming up, I do want to talk about Dante Exum a little bit, where the Rockets may find some space on the roster for him, as well as did the Rockets find their new color commentator? All of that coming up in just a second after a message from our friends over at Built Bar, because look, when it comes to protein bars, you've got to check out Built Bar. They are the best protein bars on the market. You cannot go wrong with any of their flavors. Raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry. I can just go down this list on and on and on. My personal favorite, the mint coconut brownie chunk. It is amazing. So good. You cannot go wrong with it. And the best part about these bars, right? They are low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose weight. Maybe you're just running out the door in the morning. Grab a Built Bar on your way, right? On your way to work, on the way to the gym, what have you, all that stuff. And you can check them out. Just visit Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your very next order. Again, that's Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your very next order. And another message from our friends over at betonline.ag because BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline AG continues to be the number one source for everything football. They've also got you covered for basketball, which is right around the corner, baseball, UFC, MMA, you name it, they've got it over at BetOnline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head over to their website and use your mobile device to sign up right now to receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial de deposit just for signing up. Don't forget, use promo code NFL100 or promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Either promo code to get a 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's get into as kind of, you know, with the John Wall saga and the way those things have played out, you know, it really is crucial to the development of the Rockets young core. And I think that ultimately credit to the Rockets organization, credit to Rafael Stone for rehabilitating this image of the Houston Rockets to where they are placing a premium on relationships with their players, right? Because ultimately, for as much as we love Daryl Morey for the better part of almost 15 years, Daryl was kind of, you know, cold and calculating, right? Didn't really, you know, he viewed players as assets, right? And I don't know if necessarily the culture of the Houston Rockets was, you know, top notch, uh, when Daryl was around because largely one, he placed such an emphasis on his relationship with James Harden, which obviously strained his relationship with other players. Uh, and they didn't look favorably upon that. But then, you know, players just had an, a feeling about Daryl Morey. They, they kind of knew, right. You know, certain free agency, you know, we, we've heard from guys like, J, you know, uh, JJ Redick and stuff that you just know if you go to Houston, right, you could be traded immediately. Right. And I know it's no different than any other organization, but it's more so just the aggressiveness at which Daryl Morey would constantly look to upgrade the roster at all costs. And if he could trade you and get an incremental upgrade, even if it was just a 5% upgrade, you were likely gone, right. As a player. So that culture, that atmosphere, you know, is what the Rockets are currently trying to rehabilitate and have been. And to see right there by and by doing so, by sending players to their preferred destinations, by, by, by working with these guys to figure out, OK, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be traded to? Which first started with the James Harden situation. Well, 
guess technically it first started with the Russ situation, sending him to Washington for John Wall, but then facilitating the James Harden trade, facilitating the PJ Tucker trade, sending Victor Oladipo down to Miami, exactly where he wanted to go, uh, releasing Boogie Cousins and Ben McLemore so they could pursue opportunities with other teams, just doing right by their players, right? And it sounds like that entire situation has taken place with John Wall, where they've had, you know, multiple conversations where they, you know, John completely understands where the organization is coming from, that he is just unfortunately not a part of their long-term plans, the direction that this organization is now going, all that stuff, right? And again, you got to give credit to Rafael Stone, who seems to have ushered in a new age in Rockets basketball as far as really cultivating a healthy atmosphere and, and, you know, open dialogue with their players so that everybody's, you know, on the same page about the direction the team's going. Nobody's being kept in the dark. They, you know, he's not blowing smoke up anybody's ass, that kind of thing. Right. He's just, he's down to earth. He's real with these guys. And I think they, they genuinely appreciate it, right? And so Wall is now willing to, you know, play ball because of that relationship that has been built between the front office and himself, between he and, and Coach Silas, who, again, Coach Silas has nothing but good things to say ever about John Wall. So I just want to give a little bit of credit where credit is due, right, for how this situation has progressed and, you know, in large part due to the culture shift instilled by Rafael Stone and Steven Silas. So let's get into the Dante Exum situation, because we had our most previous episode kind of was tackling the rumor that Dante Exum wanted to return to the Houston Rockets on an NBA deal. We had the reporter, former player, former Australian league player, uh, uh, reporting on that. Initially, we weren't sure if it was hundred percent true or not. And now we have shams, you know, busting out the news that Dante Exum is working on re-signing a deal to return to the Houston Rockets. Here is the rub though. Rockets ain't got no roster spots right now. So their 15-man roster is full up. Their five training camp roster spots are full up. Now, that said, they could, you know, get rid of, uh, you know, Tyler Bay, Dacian Nix, right? They could get one of their Exhibit 10 guys and clear up one of those spots, but they need to trim the 15-man roster down to a they, – they have sorry, they, they have to have the official 15-man roster cut down and in place by October 19th. So, yeah, they could easily get rid of one of those two guys and, and bring in – uh, bring in Dante Exum on a training camp deal and kind of roll with that for now. But ultimately, Dante Exum is going to be a guy that's going to need an NBA caliber deal. So what breaks, right? A lot of fingers pointing at Kyrie Thomas and his non-guaranteed contract. That's a possibility. The Rockets could just waive him, and that would be unfortunate for Kyrie Thomas because I still think he has a lot of potential. I want to see him remain a Houston Rocket. That said, there could be a trade in the works, right? There's plenty of other movable names on this Rockets roster. One, the the you know perfect scenario would be they find a suitor for John Wall sometime between now and October 19th. Don't think that's going to happen. That is a long shot, a pipe dream, all of the above. It's just probably not going to happen. So that said, there's still Eric Gordon who could be moved. There's still DJ Augustine who could be moved. There's also Daniel House Jr. who could be moved right? Three other veteran presences on this team who would be beneficial to a team looking to make a playoff push who are on largely team-friendly contracts. Maybe you make the argument Eric Gordon is not a team-friendly deal, but when you look at the final year of his deal not being guaranteed, and so essentially it's only the two more seasons, it looks a little bit you know better uh, looking at it through that lens. And plus just the productivity of what he gives you when you have a healthy Eric Gordon, right? Borderline all-star caliber player, doesn't need a lot of touches to be productive, all these different things, right? Spaces the floor out to like, you know, 35 feet behind the three-point line. Um, 
But no, so they've got those three names, right, that could be potentially on the move to clear a roster spot if they're able to either just trade them into cap space or trade a couple of them together and only bring back one guy. There's a lot of different avenues that are, you know, open to possibility there to clear a true spot for Dante Exum. And shout out to the podfather himself, Ben DuBose, who suggests the idea that DJ Augustine could potentially be waived because his final year of his deal is also only guaranteed for about $300,000. So realistically, he's an expiring contract this season of $7 million. Would you like to keep that contract under wraps, right, and potentially have it as, you know, trade fodder around the trade deadline? Absolutely, right? It's a nice mid-tier salary to be able to aggregate with another player to bring somebody back home. That would be nice. But... If you're looking at clearing a roster spot and if DJ Augustine is going to get minimal to no playing time anyways, because let's face it, KPJ is going to run the point for 34 to 38 minutes a night. And between some combination of if you're bringing back Dante Exum, he can be a ball handler. If you've still got Kyrie Thomas on the roster, he can be a ball handler. If you've got Jay Sean Tate, he can be a secondary playmaker in a lineup. Uh, and then you've still got Josh Christopher, who largely, because of the John Wall situation, may find himself with actual NBA reps at the NBA level instead of having to spend a significant amount of time at the G League because there's going to be more openings in the rotation as we navigate through this upcoming season. So there are plenty of other secondary ball handlers that the Houston Rockets have. It's just dependent on whether or not they think that that collection of guys is you know, enough, or if they'd rather hold on to a guy like DJ Augustine to have him play some spot minutes, you know, 10, 12 minutes a night to kind of steady, steady the troops a little bit, have that veteran point guard presence, somebody who's okay playing just spot minutes here and there on a nightly basis, or maybe he wants to pursue a championship, right? Maybe the Rockets do good on their relationship with DJ Augustine. They buy him out of his deal or they waive him and they allow him to go pursue a championship or, you know, pursue a playoff run with another team, very similar to how they did with Ben McLemore and Boogie Cousins. So those are possibilities there of names that may or may not get moved to be able to create an opening for Dante Exum. But as it stands right now, the Houston Rockets are planning to bring him back. That is what the reporting says. And frankly, I'm, I don't want to say I'm indifferent towards the move. I like it because Dante Exum showed some flashes uh, in the Olympics. He played, you know, played really well. He's just dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career, right? He's a guy that had a whole lot of promise. He's only 26 years old, right? And so if you're okay with the idea of like Christian Wood being here throughout the rebuild and Christian Wood being a, a long-term part of this Houston Rockets team and same thing for Jay Sean Tate, then why wouldn't you also be okay with uh, with Dante Exum, right? Because he's 26 years old. He's still on the younger end of the spectrum. He's not, you know, on the wrong side of 30 or anything. And if they bring him back on a team-friendly deal, kind of a prove-it contract maybe that he's you know up to snuff at the NBA level and that the injuries are a thing of the past, then why not bring him in, right? And, and let him you know be there. He's a plus defender. He's a capable ball handler. The shooting is a little questionable at times, uh, but something he can work on, right? So with that, brings us to our final bit of news here. And it's not even official news, but as I was perusing um, the... Uh, Instagram streets uh, last night, I saw a post from one Stevie franchise himself. And it was this post of the franchise in front of Toyota Center, dripped out in a nice suit, looking fly, looking good. And the caption comes a time where your preparation is key. Just be ready. How is this not a teaser that he is the next color commentator for the Houston Rockets? Like, come on, guys. Like, like, come on, right? 
He's in front of Toyota Center. This is clearly a professional photo shoot. He didn't just walk out there with his iPhone and set it on the ground. You know, there's professional lighting and stuff going on here. Actually, that might just be a street light. No, it could be professional light. I don't know. It looks way too professionally done to not have something to do with the Houston Rockets franchise, right? In front of TC with that cryptic caption. And so I, for one, am ready for Stevie Franchise to step into the broadcasting booth alongside hopefully one Craig Ackerman for this upcoming season. Um, and I think, I mean, things are running with it. It looks exciting. And I just wanted to toss that out there because a lot of Rockets fans have a lot of love for Steve Francis. I grew up with the Steve Francis Catino Mobley Houston Rockets. He was the first basketball player I fell in love with, and I would love to have that connection with him once again in the broadcasting booth from another era of Rockets basketball, right? We had Matt Bullard holding down the championship years of Rockets basketball, but it'd be really cool to have Stevie Franchise step in as a former number two overall pick uh, to cheer on and provide some insight and analysis about the new number two overall pick for the Houston Rockets in Jalen Green and kind of what it's like to go through that rebuilding process as a young team and to really grow and, and coalesce together. Talk about his his days playing with Yao Ming, that kind of stuff. Some stories that we never really got to hear out of, out of Matt Bullard, right? We've kind of heard a lot of the championship day stories, the Rudy T stories, the Hakeem Olajuwon stories. It'd be really cool to have another color commentator step into the booth and kind of guide us through and share some memories from another era of Houston Rockets basketball, still kind of bridging that gap, so to speak. So if that's what this post has to do with, right? There's nothing official out there. This is just purely speculation. If this post has to do with that, I'm looking forward to it. If not, well, then I riled up Rockets Twitter and everybody for nothing. But with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, appreciate you watching. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.